Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kirkjohn is with us for our uh, conversation. Twins lost uh, Jason Castro today for the season. They went in to look at his meniscus, and it was worse than they thought, so they took the whole thing out. Catchers with bad knees aren't the best uh, way to go. I got a hunch the uh, Twins are going to ride it with Garver and uh, Bobby Wilson for a little while and uh, see what happens. Have you met Bobby Wilson? He's quite a character. Yeah, I have, and he is quite a character, and, and and there are a lot of characters who are catchers who are characters. As Jeff Torborg told me once, there's got to be a reason we're the only ones facing the other way. And I, I think that lends to it. Um, but seriously, losing a catcher, the catcher is so important today, Pat, with what we try to do, as you know, sabermetrically framing pitches, you know, going over scouting reports that even if your catcher isn't producing a whole lot behind the, I mean, as, at the plate, if he's running the pitching staff and he's in charge of the game plan and suddenly he's not there, that, that's a pretty big loss. And Castro, they're going to miss him just because he's been their primary guy. Yeah, they love uh, Wilson for those uh, very uh, t- uh, tangibles there, intangibles. He's, they, they were raving about his pitch framing in spring training. And the pitchers down there were saying how much they like to throw throw to him. And actually, Paul Molitor was he had to push him right to the end before he'd say Garber was his backup because Bar- Garber's a little rough behind the plate. But that said, I don't know if uh, Bobby Wilson's a three days a week catcher or not in the big leagues. But boy, yeah. I, he makes me nostalgic for catchers of the past. Man, he's got the body that a catcher is supposed to have, Tim. Right, I totally agree. You know that. That short little stumpy guy is uh, the catcher I grew up watching. In fact, Jim French was one of the guys who grew up watching with the Senators in the 60s, and he was a chubby little guy, but Frank Howard got so angry at him one night that he dangled him by his ankles off the balcony at a very large hotel, basically saying, quit getting on me, little dinky catcher. And it's so funny, when I covered the Orioles, Terry Kennedy was one of their catchers, Six four two thirty, yeah. And whenever he ran into catching issues because he was so big, they would send him a catching instructor who was five eight <laughs> and one hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. And he he would say, "You can't help me. The reason I'm having trouble is I'm six four two thirty. Yeah. Send me someone my size." <laughs> there weren't any back then. None. Uh, you're right. Yeah, that's. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this guy's a, a, a very good receiver, and it's just uh, – and last night he hit his first home run, 
As uh, Kenny Rosenthal was quick to tell him, his first home run in 601 days in the big leagues, because he wasn't, he was in uh, AAA Oklahoma City all last year, so he wasn't in the big leagues. I looked him up, though. Uh, September of 2016, he hit two home runs, both off Tanaka. And then the other one was the last one he hit was off Tanaka in St. Petersburg. Right. Well, those beautiful coincidences, Pat, they always exist, <laughs> and only in baseball. Dennis Eckersley picked off Kenny Williams once. Then he went three years before picked off and picked off Kenny Williams again. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, say, I, I, I got to ask you, you, you were around Earl a lot. How did he accept the idea of, you know, a man that was that fielding and defensively oriented of having guys like uh, having Earl Williams as his catcher for a while? I mean, <laughs> that was, Earl was not a real nifty fellow behind the plate. Right, and the story there is that Earl Williams, who provided great power behind the play, which Earl Weaver loved. Loved, yes. Earl Earl Weaver started him the first four exhibition games in Earl Weaver's Baltimore career. And when he put him in for the fourth time, so he could catch like the four 20-game winners, right? Yes. Get a feel for who each (laughs) one is. Earl Weaver, I mean, Earl Williams, walked into Earl Weaver's office and said, do you have any effing catchers, any other effing catchers on this team? And that was pretty much the end of Earl Williams' tenure in Baltimore. He played a couple of years. He didn't produce much. He didn't give him much behind the plate. And he didn't win the manager's heart at all with that one. Well, an old Baltimore uh, beat writer, not not you, but uh, somebody else told me that the famous story about Earl is that, remember that Jefferson kid who was supposed to be a hot prospect? Uh, right. Je- Je- John Jefferson, James Jefferson or something. He's out there pitching. Jeff C. Jefferson. Jeff C. Right. Jefferson. Jeff- He's out there pitching right. and throwing breaking balls and change-ups and uh you know, and he's got a 96-mile-an-hour fastball, and Earl's never calling for it. And Weaver goes or Weaver goes out and said, why in the hell aren't, isn't he throwing fastballs? And Earl said, I don't get fastballs. They don't get fastballs. <laughs> I hope that one's true. I'm not sure it is or not. But. With Earl, Pat, I think they're all true. Uh, that's the beauty of Earl. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is true. So, uh it's a uh, the Cardinals uh, finally getting some runs against the Twins today. The Twins really haven't played great ball here for a while, but they've looked terrific against the Cardinals. And uh, Barrios uh, seemed to get straightened out last night. That uh, after four straight uh, very mediocre starts, they need him, man. A lot of stuff has gone wrong with that team. Oh yeah. And gra- granted, it's a bad division right now. But to wake up this morning, a half a game out of first place. When all of this has gone wrong, they have to look at each other and go, God, this is a miracle we are where we are. And they know, of course, that Cleveland is going to play way better than this eventually, and they're not going to be under 500 and a half a game out for very long. But at least they're in a spot now where they can say, all right, we've dodged a few things. Now we have to play a whole lot better. And Barrios, of course, is the key. They're not going anywhere without him being great, and he hasn't been until last night. That was a really good sign for them. Hey, uh, Tim. Tim Kirchner's with us. So what's the word on Andrew Miller? Just can't throw strikes? 
Yeah, it's so weird because I think it has to be an injury situation. He's had trouble with that knee several times. Yep. He's had hamstring issues. And let's not ever forget, Pat, he had tremendous control issues early on in his career. And, you know, those those things tend to come back eventually. So I'm a little bit worried for, for his sake. Uh, maybe he's not completely healthy, although they value him so much that I just can't imagine them bringing him back before he's ready. But he's got to be great if they're going to be good. Well, yeah, they lost a little of that bullpen, and it's certainly been a big vulnerable point for them. And also, uh, I don't think they're as good with uh, out Carlos Santana getting on base all the time. No, and, you know, their first baseman, uh, Yonder Alonso, has done a great job defensively. But, you know, in today's day and age, Pat, you have to have somebody who's going to take a bunch of pitches, draw a bunch of walks, and hit some home runs. That's how the game is played. And Santana was very underrated in a lot of ways for the things he brought to the Indians. Hey, Tim, uh, drug testing in the uh, in Major League Baseball, is it random or does it take place in spring training? I know, I know if you've been popped, then they can test you more often. But uh, is there a schedule or do they just show up and test when they, when they want to? They just show up. In fact, uh, Buck Showalter told me a story one night about one of his players, wouldn't tell me which one, got, got uh, greeted as he walked off the field after a loss. And there was a tester there who said, we're going to test you right now. Not because the guy was guilty, yeah. but they didn't want to even alert him for 10 minutes. Hey, you've got a test coming. The test is now and Earl, I mean Buck Showalter got really angry. Like, can you? We just lost a game. Yeah, right. Give our guys ten minutes to take his clothes off, take a shower, do something, wind down a little bit from this. And the tester said, "No, we're not doing that. We're testing now." And they're they're more than random. There, you can get you can get tested a bunch of times. It's not, hey, once you've been tested three times, you're done for the year. They can do more than that if they want to to keep everyone off balance if that's the right term yeah i saw trevor may who's still on the disabled list here and he's back on rehab that they came and uh were testing him last night and he was chugging the water man because he wanted to be able to uh supply what they needed you know and uh he was uh and he had to go back out because he uh he wasn't able to uh take care of him the first time but the cano thing is uh quite a blow what is your uh read on that that they don't just it's not just Lasix that gets you suspended, right? They have to have some evidence right. that uh, that right. you, were, you were trying to mask something. Right. And you don't have to flunk a test, Pat. You have to answer their questions. And they had enough proof that this is being used and this is a masking agent. And when they spoke to him about it, they they didn't get enough satisfactory answers. So he got suspended. And even though he might claim that, hey, there was, I didn't do anything illegal, if he's using a masking agent and he's been using it for a while, we're not exactly sure for how long, you can get suspended without flunking a test. And that's what happened here. They found evidence to suggest that he's guilty, and they suspended him. And as you noticed, he said, I didn't do anything, but he didn't appeal. Yeah. So yeah. that that tells you all you need to know. And there were a few tweets from ball players. Uh, Verlander was one. I saw a couple others uh, basically uh, 
bemoaning the fact that the excuses are always made, although uh, what somebody pointed out that Verlander, when one of his guys got popped, was kind of defending him uh, when uh, Peralta got popped. But uh, but uh, I don't know. There's enough players that probably uh, aren't unhappy to see these things happening so that they can maybe uh, have a little even more pl- a plane that they're playing on. Yeah, and this is why we've gotten to this point in drug testing, Pat, is that the players stepped forward and said, all right, look, this is ridiculous. We have to do something about this. And they went to the leadership of the union and said, you guys have to be stronger about this. This wasn't the union leaders necessarily going to them. It was the players going to the union leaders saying, we need to clean up our own game. There's something very positive about that. Uh, what uh, the uh, the Astros aren't tearing it up. They're kind of uh, you know that that club. They're not hitting like they hit. Uh, they're still very good. Their their starting pitching had been terrific, but uh, I think sometimes maybe you lose your edge, huh? Hangover, and it comes in many different forms, and no one can even describe it exactly. And it's not that anybody is not trying hard. It's just you're busier, your mind somewhere, and you're playing a month later than anybody else, pretty much. And that affects it. But in the end, Pat, it comes down to, for me at least, even with a great offensive team like that, when they run into great pitching, the pitching we see every single day these days, you can get shut down with the best of them. I just had a note today. The Brewers have been shut out eight times. Eight <laughs> times already. And, they... and they're they And they're basically tied for first in their <laughs> yeah. division. And, and when they got shut out for the eighth time in 40 games they were six games over 500 think about that this is how it works even good hitting teams like the astros can be totally neutralized if you're facing a good pitcher who's locating his good stuff and that's what's happened with them and with many other teams in the big league tim i got a new guy i don't want to face if i'm a left-handed hitter this Pezos. Gosh, hater. <laughs> no, oh. hater. Hater's nasty. But this Pezos from Seattle. Woof. Oh, God. I've seen him several times. <laughs> he throws 98. And he, he looks. Hey, oh, God. He's <laughs> slinging it. He's gigantic. <laughs> he's menacing looking. Yes, oh, right. These, 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 Pat, these guys are everywhere. I told you. Lance Berkman told me at last year of his career. He said, every night, someone comes out of the bullpen throwing 95 miles an hour, and I've never even heard of him. That's what's happening now is this wave of relievers, all with tremendous stuff, coming out of the pen and just dominating, and that guy is one of them for sure. Well, uh, my guy Cott uh, has uh, suggested the seven innings, and I'll be talking to him next week to explain to him. He thinks there's a cut down on the numbers of pitchers. No, it'll it'll probably increase the number of relievers you see because no starter will go more than three, and then they'll piece right. it together with the pesoses of the world, you know? Right, it'll be seven innings, six pitchers every night. (laughs) We're not going to speed up the game until the strikeouts, the walks, and the homers go down. And I don't see any chance of that happening anytime soon. Hey, we had two straight under three hours here. We're feeling pretty dang good here. There you go. Monday and Tuesday. We we have a chance. Okay. Okay, Tim, thanks. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Okay, Pat, see you. All right, the great Tim Kirkjian. Uh We will return with the Ride with Racy. 
Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. We talked about it after yesterday. I thought we did a much better job today of staying staying present and connected to the process and playing the game. And uh, I was proud of the kids that, that, that it's all about, this is all about learning and growth. I thought I saw some growth today in some of our players, and it was good to see. That is John Anderson, the uh, Gophers uh, baseball coach. Uh, this is, he took over as the head coach in the fall of 1981. This is year number 38. Mm. He was a young man then. He is only 63 years old, John. Uh, and today is his birthday. May Happy 16th, birthday, Coach Anderson. 1955. I've uh, been around a long time. This is his first ever sports person of the day uh, certificate. He'll be very proud. He can put that right up there on the mantle with his memorabilia for 10 Big Ten regular season titles, nine Big Ten tournament titles, and uh, his uh, most recent regular season championship uh, came in 16, of course. And now the Gophers, where they won, la- they won uh, last night at St. John's, I see, out in the Queens, mm-hmm. that's St. John's. Yep. Vavra hit two home runs. Now they play Rutgers Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If they win those three games, they're the Big Ten champs again. They have a one-game lead over Michigan and Purdue. Michigan and Purdue are now tied for second. So Rutgers is decent in baseball? They're not terrible. They beat... Uh, That's the one sport they they're beat, not terrible in? They beat Michigan two out of three a couple weeks ago to kind of get the Gophers in first place. But uh, in Gophers, uh, this is a really good team. Last week they get beat. Uh, their one of their races, the Reggie Meyer kid got beat on Friday night, and now they're playing Michigan State Saturday. And in the middle of the game, they're down four to one. You're wondering, ooh, this is because they just moved up to fifteenth in the national rankings mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. And they rallied for eight runs, won that one again Sunday. So uh, they uh, they are they are in good shape. And I have learned. That contrary to rumors, they have bid for an NCAA oh, they regional. Did. Good. They have bid. The administration uh, says that's a bad rumor, and uh, they have bid, and in fact put the bid in fairly early in case the Gophers end up. I would doubt that they would get a regional unless they either win the Big Ten regular season or the Big Ten tournament, because uh, you know the computer is not terribly kind to the Big Ten usually in base in mm-hmm. baseball, so or softball. Or softball. Well, those they they hate us. The uh, <laughs> the uh, softball committee has a personal grudge against the Gophers. Of course they do. We don't know why. Hey, really quick, uh, you said Vaver hit two more home runs. Is he going to be a, a, a top he, draft pick? I don't know how high, but he'll be drafted in the first five or six rounds. He's, okay, he's 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 really good player. He's the only trouble that might scare him off is his freshman and sophomore years. He basically ran into this back problem. And missed a big hunka. You okay. know, he was great as a freshman, and then the, when they they won the turn, they won the they won the regular season title. But by the end of the year, he wasn't playing because of his bad back. And then last year, he was really ruined. Now this year, he's. I don't know if there was a procedure. I don't think there was. I think he just they came up with some exercises to keep him healthy. So what you're saying is there's a fighting chance that the the Tigers won't let him slide past the sixth round. You know, he's uh, certainly uh, his brother, uh, the middle brother, um, what's it, Tyler, right? Yep. Was it? He could really hit, but uh, he, he he was a first baseman, you know, mm-hmm. and had to be, be power hitter over there. But this kid's a shortstop. 
and uh, he's he's an infielder anyway. He'll he'll stay in the infield, a left-handed hitter. He can really, he's really good, and uh, it, and he's one of them. They got. If if you got a problem, they're kind of like the twins. Too many left-handed hitters. They got <laughs> five of them all times, and sometimes six. If there's a right-hander pitching, they okay. got six lefties. So, but they're a good club, and uh, John Anderson has done a wonderful job. And the reason there is a Seabird Field is because he went out and raised all the money. Basically, it's all John Anderson. This is uh, this is the baseball program uh, that. Uh, he took over from Dick Siebert, and uh, no, he didn't take it over from Dick Siebert. He took it over from George Thomas, who was also very successful uh, there in, a, in his brief t- four or five years there. But uh, John Anderson has had a fantastic uh, run at the Gophers, and congratulations on what is only his 63rd birthday. He's been around so long, you think he's older than He's that. a pop. I, yes. Yeah, and hit, you know where he's from? No. Hibbing boy. Oh, I did not know. Oh, he's, yeah, a he's a ranger. He's a ranger. There used to be real good baseball up in the range. It was, you know, it would be a short season, but like Legion ball and stuff was really good. So, all right, we uh, shall return. Uh, this is the ride with Racy. This update sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, and zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. Twins lose to the Cardinals today, 7-5 to the final. Lance Lynn started for the Twins. He wasn't very good. Again, he went three innings, four hits, four walks, three earned runs. Logan Morrison had a couple of hits for the Twins, including a home run. Eddie Rosario? He had three hits for the Twins. Twins now with the day off. They'll play the Brewers in a weekend series that kicks off Friday at Target Field. Uh, Twins will be relying on Mitch Garver and Bobby Wilson to catch, it looks like. Twins manager Paul Molitor announcing today Jason Castro had surgery to repair that torn meniscus and will be out the rest of the season. NBA playoff action right here tonight on this station. Golden State at Houston. Warriors lead the series one game to none. A 7 o'clock start right here at 1500 ESPN. The price tag for Allianz Field, the under-construction home of Minnesota United, previously increased from $150 million to $200 million, and this week, the MLS club said the cost will be more like $250 million. Besides tax exemptions and the city of St. Paul paying for some basic infrastructure, that bill will be paid in full by United's ownership group. United principal owner Bill McGuire said, as we move ahead and get a better understanding of the pieces as we build it out and all the bids, we make some modifications and stuff. It's accumulating. He said it's considerably higher than we talked about in the beginning. And when we move in, we have to have a final accounting of how to really talk about it. But it's a substantive investment. The 19,400-seat stadium on the corner of Snelling Avenue and Interstate 94 is more than 50% done at this point. It is scheduled to open for the Loon's 2019 home opener next April. And that is your update. Taking the ride with Royce. Hey, let's be careful out here. On 1500 ESPN. Give us 30 minutes, and we'll give you everything Cubs. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is like that. Jess Myers now joins the Ride with Royce for this edition of the Hockey Half Hour. Hey, Jess, I feel bad. I uh, Somebody uh, uh, asked me, they're doing a podcast on movies. Uh, the St. Paul Film, I think they call themselves. And they wanted my top 10 movies, and I sent them a list of 12. 
you know, quickly, though. Sure, quickly, sure. some of the ones off the top of I my head. I think I saw these on Twitter. I yeah. forgot Slapshot. Oh, goodness. I forgot. And the other day I ran across Slapshot. And you and my, my uh, test for whether I love a movie is whether I stop and watch 15 minutes of it every time I run across <laughs> every, it. Every time like you run across Br- it. Big Lebowski and Slapshot. I always stop and watch 15 minutes. Of course, if you watch it on broadcast TV, it's about 15 minutes no, long. No, 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 you, you can't do that. Because they cut out a fair if amount. If it's not cable, I don't watch Last it. Last week, my son, who plays lacrosse yeah. up at UMD, they had a 24-hour bus ride Duluth yes. to Salt Lake City. I texted him at one point, middle yeah. of Nebraska. I said, what are you doing? He said, I just watched Slapshot. Uh-huh. I said, first time? He said, well, I'd watched bits and pieces with you. I've never seen the whole movie before. I said, that's just terrible, <laughs> yes, terrible parenting is. on my part. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's uh, fantastic. So you were telling me, and I don't know, is this an inside information? The Gopher Caravan is going to stop in St. Cloud without the new hockey coach? Coach Motzko apparently <laughs> will not be on the docket when, when the Gopher Caravan stops in St. Cloud. I for, can't believe that's Motzko's decision. I I don't know the decision behind it. You know, And, and of course, I think... I think the company line is well. There was a previously scheduled something, you know. Uh, well, I, and part of know. it could be they, you know, the St. Cloud people up there say, "Well, you're trying to tramp onto. We got our new coach now, and you're trying to tramp onto his turf or sure, something sure. like that." But nothing, uh, nothing drove Mike Sertich crazier when there would be like a public service announcement on the radio in Duluth featuring Doug Wu, for example. So, <laughs> well, until TV <laughs> cable became more prominent. Uh, Gopher hockey games were on throughout the Midwest, oh, and yeah. your hockey games were not on. MSC, it, you could get the Gophers anywhere. Anywhere, and, and yeah. you couldn't get them. I don't even know if North Dakota had their games on at Grand Forks 15 they had, years you know, ago. In Grand Forks, they always had Prairie Public TV, okay. like their, their so PBS they'd station. they'd show it on PBS. And, and, but not and Wisconsin them, would do that, too. Not Wisconsin's all of games. them like not, the Gophers. Not all of them, but no, God, no. you could get the Gophers everywhere. and it, yeah. That just drove hey, those other coaches yeah, crazy. Is... Is the franchise always going to be down at this level with the others that it is now, the Gophers, or the advantage is still there? Do you think? Oh, I think the advantage is still there. They're mm-hmm. they're still the name. They're still the you know the University of Minnesota. But and- it's not as unusual. To get to have St. Cloud out recruit them for somebody or UMD no. out recruit them for somebody as and that's, it used as it used to be. And that's what's changed. Yeah. You know, that that it used to be, you know, the top ten Mr. Hockey finalists, Doug would pluck seven, eight of them, you know, yes. the ones he wanted. Wisconsin would get one you'd and take your pick. Yeah. He he he'd had take. his pick. And I don't think that's the case anymore, especially no, when you well, look at the I remember real high end. Mike Hastings was having his good year at uh at Mankato when they were in the WCHA early yep, and they yep. had a good year. And I remember talking to him. No, not him. Troy, uh, Troy, Troy Jenny. Yeah. Never had offered a hockey player a scholarship that the Gophers offered that he got. Yep. Never in the time he'd been there. One, well, you know, and even Bacchus because they didn't. They screwed up. They didn't get Bacchus. Going so. back to going back to Surdy and you know some of those you know twenty twenty five years ago, the frustration was UMD would offer a kid a full ride to come up there, uh-huh. and they'd take a half ride to go play for the Gophers because yeah. that and, was such and, a and, a destination. And early years, the Gophers didn't pound the range like they were able to uh, later on. No, they, they were getting the good kids from the range. They did a, a you know the Michelinis of the world. They they got a lot better. Uh, they did a lot better job of that at one point. I think Vegas is better than Winnipeg. Really? I do. I think they're faster. You know what's amazing? Man, they're fast. You know what's amazing about Vegas is you got all these guys that you kind of knew about. You know, like Jonathan Marcheseau. Yeah, I remember yeah, okay. him playing. You know, we got third thirty line goals somewhere. last year in Florida. I know, but. 
William That's Carlson. what I was going to say. We're whining about Halla and Tuck. Florida gave him Riley Smith and Marchesaw, <laughs> who who made the who made it three to one. Yep. Made it three to one the other night with one of the prettiest goals you'll ever see. Yes. Je- Jess had the same reaction that I did when you said Vegas was better than Winnipeg because keep in mind he's the guy that said Nashville was also better than Winnipeg about a week and a I, half I ago. I still think Nashville is better than Winnipeg, but what does that matter? Here's the key to the playoffs. Don't this be doubting my what, Jets. What a, what a game the Jets played in Nashville oh. that night. Oh, Absolutely. God. Yeah, God, you're they right. Were great. I was driving to Wilmer, listening to that one. And, and oh then my to goodness. have them turn around two days later, I thought they'd get beat 8 2. They wouldn't have anything left, and they played great. Here's the key to this year's playoffs. Last year's Wild were ahead of their time. Because the home teams are losing all their games. <laughs> oh, Remember yeah. last year when the yes. Wild had the home ice advantage and blew it? They won one how, game? How bad is it now? The last time I looked, the road team had won three more, but Judd I thought it was th- like five or six. I think it's like the eight now. Really? And keep in mind, in this round, home teams are one and four so far. And <laughs> the Tampa, was it the, uh, no, it was the Nashville-Winnipeg series. The road team won five games, including the last four. Yeah. The road team. And and not just winning games, but winning big. I mean, the last, the last Winnipeg game, when you're chasing their goalie five but minutes But you in. know what? It hasn't been this dramatic, but it's been this way in hockey for a long time. Yeah. Because you get to the seventh game, and the home team's got, they're the favorites, generally speaking. Sure. They're the favorites. Pressure's on. And they know. get all puckered up. Yep. And the other team scores first, and it's, <laughs> ah! What are we going to do now? That is the one thing I do love about hockey. The pucker factor is <laughs> the pucker factor is enormous compared to other sports because one goal means so much. Well, I don't know. I watched you Darvish pitch in a game seven <laughs> well, last yeah, fall. Well, and I'm that's still, true. Still a little bitter about that one, yeah, but yeah, yeah anyway. that is true. Uh, by the way, good news uh, if you don't like the Cubs, he's coming back. So it's uh, <laughs> terrible. But uh, what? So what and, else? And by the way, I was going to tell you. We congratulations to we've got women's hockey now, but we haven't made it as a women's hockey market yet because Boston has a team in the National League, which is the oh. American League, and they have a team in the Canadian League. Boston has two professional women's really? hockey teams. So when we have well, how a team, do we get into Canada? Oh. We're not in Canada, you know. Boston. See, this this is the issue with pro women's hockey is you got two leagues, a Canadian League and an merge? American League, and they don't they won't even like Talk cooperate or talk to each other. Well, the NHL could, would like to do kind well, of a. If you had Canada, you could have a, maybe a 10 team league and then it makes sense. You got five teams. How about a women's team in Duluth in all seriousness in the Canadian League? Would that make a lot of sense? I don't know if they could do it. I don't know if it's big enough. So here's the How Canadian about in League. Grand Forks? They don't yeah. have any other women's hockey. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> Good. Oh, oh, too soon? Thanks yeah. for that cheap SOB <laughs> Kennedy. What a jackass he is. Did you see he's fighting with the. Why would you want to stay on good terms with the Ingolstads? Yeah. Yeah. What are they going to yeah, ever do yeah, for the well, university? You might as well oh, feud with the Ingolstads. <laughs> the, the, the daughter, who's probably much more e- much easier to get along with than the old man. And yeah, he's she's feuding with him. So the Canadian League has Montreal, Boston, Toronto, Calgary, Markham, Ontario, which is suburban uh, yeah. Toronto. And then they have two teams in China, okay? Figure that How one out. How do you get over there? I do, I, I'm guessing they take a plane. Well, the, and now maybe, we've got the this, China, maybe the Chinese team, maybe they don't play any home games. Maybe they just come over I think there. maybe they're just a barnstorming kind yeah. of thing, you know, uh-huh. just just to give So how else many teams in Canada, though? There are currently seven teams in Canada and now five in the U.S. At Twelve, let's go. I know. So, and the NHL, I think, would like to do a WNBA-style yeah. thing. 
You know, mm-hmm. you've got to put a team in California, I think, eventually, because there's so many athletes yeah, out there. Yeah, because someday they might want to make more than $7,000, which is uh, what their salaries are now. And then you have to sell a bunch of tickets, too. I remember mm-hmm. that was a big dispute. Where are we going to play at the uh, the old Macy's, right? They're I think we'll play, play at the, the Tria Rink. Have you yeah. seen it yet? I have not been in there yet. I keep telling people they've got to see it. My, uh, I haven't seen it myself. My grandson was, at, uh, was taking skating lessons up there. Who's the legendary women's uh, skating coach? Oh, Diane Ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he was taking him. Mike, Diane Mike, Ness. My kids skated with her before. Well, she had Bukestad and all those. Oh, I mean, Parisi was a yeah. it was a Diane Ness disciple. Yeah, yeah. He, she operated out of Charles Schultz rink down in the Highland Park area in St. By Paul. the way, I took last Friday off to go to a three on three seven year old hockey game. And twenty five twenty three, goaltending <laughs> very very spotty goaltending. And he forgot, he thought they lost and they actually won. <laughs> they won. Yeah, that's, I was looking that's, at that's the that's like what side. I say about youth youth league baseball is that you know no nobody has ever voluntarily recorded an out in, <laughs> yeah, in, in, right. in youth baseball. Yeah, but. it was uh, it was fantastic. Except I thought they lost and they won. Oh. I was I didn't look at the scoreboard often enough. Anyway, <laughs> what else is on your hockey mind? Tell me something else about hockey. Well, you know the. I gotta say, I think the Jets are deeper. You well, know, by the way, Vegas Denver might be get quicker. a coach yet? No, haven't gotten one yet. What are they, uh, they interviewing outside guys? David Carl, who is the uh, yes. brother of Matt Carl, who is yes. a Hobie winner, he's been an assistant there for years. He went there on a scholarship, was going to play. Mm-hmm. Found out his freshman year he had a heart defect, okay. couldn't play hockey anymore. George Guazdecki made him an assistant coach right away. Honored his four-year scholarship. He's been I there since I saw some then. stuff on Twitter about how he should get the job. Yeah, he's, he's, why are they waiting? He's been the endorsed candidate. Now, based on the Mike Gensel example, you don't want to be the endorsed <laughs> candidate because that's uh, that's yeah. the kiss of death. But, yeah, he's he's the one that the, is the odds-on favorite. So, I don't do know what they're waiting else, for. You don't know if they've maybe you know Maybe there's an NHL assistant coach they're waiting for, but I haven't seen they're that. The, uh, does the Denver Post still cover uh, Denver hockey, or is it pretty spotty now? It, it's spottier. Mike Chambers. Was their Denver hockey yeah. guy forever, and now they've got him mostly covering the Avalanche. So, mm-hmm. hey, hey, good for me. Whenever the Pioneers play in Minnesota, <laughs> I'm, I'm making a little dough on okay. the side. All right, what else you got? Uh, so I got to say, I think the Jets are deeper. I think Vegas might be faster, but I think the Jets are just deeper and can roll more lines. And I think that's uh, that's that's going to help them now. The well, other- I got to mention, yep. I, I should go back to that. You were t- you were telling Norm Col- uh, Nick Coleman died uh, oh. yesterday he had a stroke. I, I didn't realize he'd had the stroke three days earlier. And it was Pass- one of those ca- uh, on massive, life support because he wanted one, to. Yeah, three he days. Wanted to donate. You played yeah. hockey with him. I knew, I, I said this on social media, I knew I'd been accepted into the Twin Cities hockey culture when Nick Coleman found out I was a goalie and said, come on out to Parade Arena and play with us on Monday nights, okay? So that was the first big step, and then I knew I was one of the guys on a Monday night when he showed up wearing a Rozo jersey just to taunt me. <laughs> so, uh, now, yeah. did, he, uh, was, did he have any hockey ability whatsoever? Yeah, was no, he okay? Was, he was just okay. like the rest. Of, who was playing? It was one of those, you know, he he would get like Wendy Anderson to come out now and okay. then and Wally Shaver, and you know, just just, just some of just the St. Paul guys, you know, all Cretan St. Thomas guys. I know Thomas he loved his like. pucks, that's for sure. Uh, and then, you know, Nick would take it to the level, he would have like a year-end banquet for, you know, a bunch of schlubs mm-hmm. who would show up and skate for an hour and a half. You know, we all go to Mancini's and have steaks and, you oh, know, joke good. about the year. And yeah, just a great hockey guy and a, and a great guy all around. So he's going to be missed. Yes, sir. We'll be back. Yeah, I'll let you tell me what's coming up on the Outdoor Show. Sounds great. Anybody got a quick daily complaint in there? Anybody got a daily complaint? Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. Okay, that was quick. Manny, you have Manny a daily complaint? A daily compl- I just concur with Regis. Lance <laughs> okay, Lynn, Lance be better. Lynn. Okay, throw it over. 
throwing him. I think he's. I think he's got vision problems. He's always blinking. Stop. Blinking. I like your idea. Get him the Charlie Sheen glasses yeah, with the crossbow on the front. Yeah. Just like Rick's dad used to say to him, "Stop blinking." Stop blinking. Stop blinking. What do you got? Uh, here's, coming here's, up on the Great Outdoors Show. Here's my daily complaint. I fished the governor's fishing opener on Saturday. Yes. In, 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 Everybody in, outside fish. of Wilmer. Everybody in my boat caught fish except me. Wow. <laughs> we what? we got we we were killing the walleyes. I kept getting bites. I kept oh, it's just now. Was that green? What, what lake? I was on Big Candy Ohio Lake. Big oh, Candy. They Big call Candy. it. Big Candy. Oh yeah, yeah. And Candy Ohio nice County lake. has two county parks uh, mm-hmm. on each side of the lake. Big boat ramps and yeah. beaches and all that. And they came up with two nice names for them. That's one of them's number one, one of them's <laughs> number two. Kind of like our airport terminals <laughs> yeah, out there. Absolutely. Hey, what? Uh, so, uh, what? They, they pretty good walleye lake, so? Yeah, decent walleye lake. We were expecting. Are there cabins around there? Resorts there around there? There are a few cabins around there. I, w- I was out. I went around Green Lake up in Spicer. Oh, too. yeah. That's gorgeous. Amazing place because half of the cabins are cabins and half of them mm. belong on Lake Minnetonka. Just these yeah. gigantic places. That's so. happened in recent years, I yeah. think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing happened at Prior Lake when I was out there, and, <laughs> you know, years ago. It was People had cabins. Two-thirds so, cabins, yeah. and yeah. now it's uh, now you don't get the cabin out there. Oh, man. What's uh, so? Quick, what are you talking quick, about? Quick prior lake story. Yeah, big house. Fr- buddy of mine, I went to college with. Yeah. His parents live on this huge house up on the hill. Relatives from Germany are visiting in the winter, and they're looking down at the fish houses down on the on the lake, yeah. and and they ask in German, "Are those the servants' quarters?" <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> Yes, that's where we make yes. them reside during yeah, these cold these, months. These are the snow shovelers. That's where they uh, we spend the winter. The yes, servants' quarters. The servants' quarters down all the way. Still, my best fish ice fishing house story was Doc Ellis. Man, the, the oh uh, my god, the uh, pitcher. You know, yep, great, yep. great guy. Cocaine problem. He said, "Man, I love those little fish houses out on the lake." Man, you go out there and use all the coke you want. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> ever bothered you. <laughs> what was the name of the uh, the documentary on him? That that oh, uh, I can't remember. Oh but God, he it's great. Like a, he became like a big sobriety guy, but man, he was funny. Anyway, so we're going to talk. Uh, Tom Newstrom from Grand Rapids is going to be on. He's a fishing guide talking about the early season stuff up north. We're going to talk to Mark Zup from Zup's, Zup's Fishing Camp up on Lac Lacroix. They just had their ice go out like on Tuesday. Really? You know, if you get up into the far, far north. So, uh, yeah. I fished there, watched that lake, caught yep. a seagull. Caught came a seagull. Came in and had a little fingerling northern <laughs> got seagull. Did came you get it mounted? The, no, but it, all his buddies came in and tried to rescue him. <laughs> how, how, how were the drumsticks? Were they good? Would you fry them up? I pretty much just cut the line and said, here. Go ahead. I don't want to fish anyway. Where's the beer? Right. <laughs> All right. It'll be good. Where's your partner? Is he on the way? He's on the way. He's, okay. He said he might be stuck in traffic. For oh, a well, but, that but, happens. Okay. But we'll be He's fine. He's using it's, the Josh Arnold approach to get into his show. <laughs> All right. Say